0: Came a long way, that's what the song said And I could do all things, I could do all things Yeah, I could do all things, yeah, yeah
1: Hey what's up, what's going on and welcome to the Be Real Podcast Where we keep it real on social issues, history, news, faith and everything in between It's your one stop podcast with thought provoking talk and real content Now it's time to get real with your host Brandon Mosley. I'm going to tell you, got I, uh, I can do all things. I can do all things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, what songs uh, things. yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what the song
0: say. I can do all things.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, That's what the song say. I
0: can
1: do all things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What is going on? It's your host, Brandon Mosley, the host with the most. I just used that. I'm sorry. But listen, listen, listen. We have an amazing episode. This one is about love. We have three amazing couples um, that came in the studio virtually, of course, because it's a pandemic and told their love stories. So we have David and Artavia. We have Tim and Julie. And we also have Dominique and Francis, all three amazing couples with three distinctly different stories, but all really linked to be very similar because love, I think all love has similar stories. So before we get into that, we do want to make sure I tell you five star, five star, five star, five star, which means go ahead and give the podcast a five star rating. And also please write a review, a glowing review, hopefully, and Let people know where you're getting your podcast fix. So with that being said, it is Black History Month, and I want to talk about black history. And since we're dealing with love, I want to deal with the heart. So Dr. Daniel Williams, all right, was the first person, surgeon, to have a successful open heart surgery. So understand this man. By the age of 10, his father died. He lost his father, and he went on to become a, uh, apprentice of a shoemaker, and then he uh, apprenticed a, went to the family business cutting hair. So he did all those things before becoming apprentice of a doctor, and he consistently moved on, it got better, and he came up with the idea to try this open-heart surgery, and it worked in 1893. And with that being said, he also pushed for integration in, in the hospitals and also pushed for fairness for african americans so we can't talk about the heart or talk about anything dealing with open heart surgery unless we talk about dr williams so i can't tell a story right now because i want to get right to the interviews so enjoy these interviews these are three amazing couples so listen up Artavia love story is kind of like a wonder years
0: uh, beginning. So let's take a other, listen to our how whole they lives. Went. which makes our story interesting because her parents knew my parents and my grandparents before either one of us was born. So we were introduced like as kids through our parents. I tell people that our parents had like an arranged setup going on. Nobody believes me, but that's what I believe.
1: How <laughs> Francis story is a little bit different and they see it in a little bit of a different way.
0: Take a listen. She played on the
2: girl squad and uh yeah, man. I was just hooping in and then I think she ended up hopping in my MySpace uh inbox or something like that. Like I just I can't remember exactly what platform it was, but yeah, man, she hopped in the DMs and she was like, Oh, see you out there scoring forty, you got a girl? Something like that. That's right. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but it was it was something like that.
1: Francis could not deny she slid in his DM, but what exactly did she say? I don't know. Let's hear what she has to say.
3: First of all, he didn't need to talk. Okay, he he definitely played sports like both uh, football and basketball. But um, I I remember us meeting because or how we met was. Um, he had, like, 40 points. Who are you? What I was was to say, I to say. Oh, yeah, okay, but wait, let me say, let me, uh, listen. Okay, he had 40 points, and I was like, dang, like, he was, like, in the newspaper and everything. I was like, dang, like, he don't even talk. Like, he just, you know, <laughs> i not, not being funny. Like, he really <laughs> never. I never heard him talk. Like, I seen him around school, and I never heard him talk. But it was, like, a real crazy game. And so, yes, it was on MySpace. And I was like, oh, good game. And uh, because I I, I wasn't going to walk up to him and say good game because he never talked. She's so scared. I did hop in, in the in the DMs on uh, MySpace to say good game. And then uh, he had a girlfriend at the time. Oh, Lord. <laughs> he, he had a girlfriend. At the time. But when I hopped in his DMs, it was definitely not, not nothing like that. It was really just to say good game. Because I knew that yeah. I wouldn't speak to him at school because he never talked. Yeah. Um, and then after I said good game, I don't know how it went about. But when I see him, well, I would see him at school. We would say hi, but I don't know.
2: I don't know. Yeah. For. Then all of a sudden, I talked.
1: So good game turned into something even greater, right? So let's take a listen to Tim and Julie's chance meeting.
4: I was out wine tasting with one of my best friends, Sean. And so sometimes we would go and wine taste. Had nothing to do. And we went to Wilson Creek where you were working because we were friends with one of the, the wine pourers there. And we were just chatting and Tim was there. Yeah. and
5: Which is weird because I, I didn't work behind the bar at the time. I worked in production. But for whatever reason, I just was in the tasting room grabbing a, a sample bottle or, or something to, to run some lab tests on it but you, you know from that yeah, we were
4: just like joking i don't know you jumped in the conversation or yeah or i don't
5: know
4: at the the wine pour like called you over or something and you promised sean and i the next time we came in that you would give us a tour
1: so almost two months goes by and julie and her friend is back for their tour
5: it was actually a really weird date for me um so the day before, I got in a really really bad car accident and totaled my car, and well, somebody hit me. But um, you know, I was I was like hurting. The accident was actually on the way to work, so everybody at work like saw it happen, and I was kind of like embarrassed. And I the the next day, everyone's like, "Just take the day off. Like, don't worry about it. You get paid either way. Like your salary, like no big deal." And um, I was like, "You know what? I just need to." I'd, I'd rather just go into work because it's going to be like an easy day. They're going to really do whatever the heck I want. And, you know, then, then like sit at home and like be in pain, like not getting paid or whatever. And so like I came into work and like one of the servers in station called me and they were like, Hey, you like promised these people a tour like a month and a half ago. And I was just like, "Guys, like today. just, I, you know, I told the, the person working in the station room today is like not the day. Like I'm just, I'm not feeling good. Like, do it another
1: time. Imagine if he did not go to work that day, right? Imagine if he allowed the car accident to stop him. I remember meeting my wife maybe a week after a really bad car accident for me, and I credit that car accident for allowing me to stay around the campus a little more to meet her. So sometimes bad things lead into some amazing um, life-changing opportunities. So listen to how after they took a 15-minute tour and turned it into a two-hour tour and the significance of that tour.
5: Anyway, those vines we walked through that day, um, I ended up making, it was um, Cabernet. So we walked through the Cabernet vines that day that we like kind of really met and really got to know each other most. Um, we ended, I ended up making, you know, being part of the winemaking process to make that wine. And we we drank that wine at our our wedding. So the grapes that were the grapes we like, walk through on the day we met we actually had um on our our, our wedding dinner
1: so first dates could be tough they could be kind of awkward they can be sometimes not exactly how you plan so Tim and Julie kept with the wine theme so We're listen like to the how their first date went
5: I think I might have suggested hey we should go over to this this cellar bar so like underground at one of the wineries there's like this little like kind of bar restaurant where they play like jazz music and it's super like ambiance because it's underground and I invited you over and then at the winery my my friends I was like getting all dressed up and like putting on a button up shirt and getting all ready to go and one of my friends walked by and I was like hey we're going tonight man like what's up and I was like oh yeah like I'm you know I'm gonna head over to you know I met this girl I'm gonna head over to um, you know Ponte the name of the winery and he was like okay cool man and then Turns out he, like, told everyone, like, a group thing was happening there. So I should have. We hung out for, like, five minutes. Yeah. And then, like, ten of my coworkers showed up. <laughs> like, just, like, walked right up. To the, we were a very, like, familial group. You know, one person's hanging out. Everybody else is totally allowed. And, like, I didn't tell them to come. They all just, like, kind of. <laughs> I was, like, I remember later being, like, hey, that was kind of supposed to be, like, a date, guys. You kind of kind of ruined that for me. But <laughs> We
1: got all dressed up to hang out with his buddies (laughs) happens to the best of us, but he had a second chance, a great hiking experience that didn't really pan out the way they thought. And with all that being said, Tim even lost his water. So he's hiking for, he thought originally two miles turned into 15 plus miles without water, ran into some hippies that gave them water and, I'll let them tell the rest no. of the story. And
5: like, I don't know. It kind of like sets off a lot of other experiences that our our life. Like, yeah. we're just like, we, we go in for a two mile hike and it ends up being like, like metaphorically that has just happened like so much to us, but throughout the whole way, it's just like, Hey, you know, if the two of us are together, like we'll be fine. We'll figure and it even
4: out. Even though it's like hot and yeah. you're out of water and you see like multiple rattlesnakes. Yeah. You're like, you have to find the joy in that, like, wow, I actually saw, like, a rattlesnake mm-hmm. and a salamander. And I got, like, nice people gave me marshmallows and yeah. water.
5: <laughs> but metaphorically, that's, like, the same as our, like, our our time living in China. It was kind of, like, the same thing. Yeah. We're like, we're in for a two-mile hike, and all of a sudden it's...
4: A 14-mile it's a hike, and of, you're out of water, and you're thing. tired.
5: But we're okay, because we're, like, well, we got each other, at least. <laughs> yeah.
1: So even with that tough date, they realized something really important. As long as they have each other. Now listen to Dominique and Francis first date. I think the food choice was amazing personally. Just how I feel about it. It was amazing.
2: Our first date was at Shakey's. I think it was. I think it was. um, A minimum day. Like we used to have them half days on Wednesdays or something like that. And uh, we went to Shakey's for their little bunch of lunch special. Went up there. Grubbed. You know the piece of chicken mojos with the tiger sauce, fire, bro. We was out there eating that and uh, just hanging out. That was our first time, like kind of kicking it outside of school, playing some of the games and stuff. But yeah, it was it was a cool little, cool little day. I don't remember if our parents knew about
1: it. If you're from Southern California, you know about shakies and the mojos, the chicken. Deep dish pizza, of course, is chef kiss. While Dominique and Francis didn't inform their parents about their first date, David and Octavia had to do something a little bit different. Take a listen.
6: Uh, Our first date, we went to the movies. Uh, We saw Iron Man.
1: Quick pause. Marvel movies are amazing. But we all know who picked that movie.
0: That was David. That had to be.
6: And I can't remember where we ate. I can't either. I can't remember where we ate, but it was like basically like the first time, like we said, we've known each other like all our lives. So that was really like the first time where like I was going on a date. I think I was probably like 17 or
0: 18. Yeah, probably something like that.
6: And like (laughs) he did the whole like asking my dad if like he could take me out. (laughs) So that was, yeah, that was.
0: Man, look, yeah. I, we, me and her pops was at a second Saturday church thing. And like, sh- and her mom was like, you need to ask her dad. And I was like, all right, man, here we go. So I rolled up on him and asked him. And there was, he was like, yeah, I'm cool with it. I, you know, just, just have her home at a decent time. I trust you, you a man of God. So, you know, <laughs> it was just weird to interact with him in that space. Cause we had never done that before. So that, that, that was scary for me. I'm gonna keep it a buck. That was scary.
1: So David's father-in-law is a pastor, so he probably had his daughter home probably seven p.m. The movie probably was at four in the afternoon, and they went to have a late lunch or something, like that. <laughs> probably something like that. So he made sure uh, he got her home early. I bet. So let's talk about saying the big L word: I love you. That's one of the most difficult things to do at first, right? To express. That you are in love. Sometimes you don't know when or how to say it or if you should be the first. So listen up and let's listen to Dominique and Francis talk about their first time. Who said I love you?
2: Um, Probably her. She was kind of aggressive. She'd been aggressive. Like... Really? <laughs> nah, honestly, I don't remember, but I, I do honestly think it was you. I think it was you for real. Nah, I
3: definitely don't think it was me. But
2: um, it 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 was probably in a letter first before we said it in person because we used to write letters to lot each lot. other. A
3: lot of like, letters,
2: like, like in between class periods. Like if you didn't have my letter by by the next you know period, oh, we, it was some problems. Like what was <laughs> going on? What's happening?
1: I just have to say, the letter writing phase was a must. All right, understand. Text messages they were expensive. 10 cents to send, two cents to receive. So you had to write letters. And here's the deal. If you didn't have your letter back written back to you by the end of the day, you felt like you wasn't a priority. And normally a letter was at least a page long, at least, you know, and sometimes you get letters that were too long. So you had to have the perfect amount. You couldn't go too long. Couldn't go too short perfect amount so the perfect amount for me was a page maybe a half a page page somewhere around that right but understand this the letter phase was important you had to have the letters it was written documentation how that person felt about you so you had to make sure you got your letters so i can think we so many of us can relate to that time
2: so yeah we used to write a lot of letters back and forth like just talking about a bunch of stuff yeah, that way, was, uh... and I'm pretty sure that that one of us dropped the the l bomb in a letter before we actually started saying it in person, but I don't think it didn't it didn't take us that long i think to to kind of get to that point where we was really feeling each other. I think we started like we after the whole like icebreaker incident, and I felt like you know like like she was interested in me I was interested in her we kind of just like focused on one another and um you know just really was trying to get to know one another and I think the more that we got to know about each other just the more um you know we became attracted to each other and uh yeah one of us dropped the L bomb I'm I'm gonna say her if I had to choose but yeah I wasn't too far behind her though so
3: okay I probably said it like verbally
2: first but i'm pretty sure you said it in a letter okay we'll leave it at I'm, that I'm, I'm pretty sure that. both of us both
1: of us <laughs> so which one counts the letter or the verbal i don't know doesn't matter right so david and artavia they kind of had a weird love thing going on so i'm gonna let them tell it so david who said it first
0: she did I, I, that's my answer and I'm sticking with it she did and here's why I say that because like we've been our relationship has been you you know our entire story like our relationship has been very uh, different it hasn't been like you know we met in high school or college like we've been on and off since we was like 12 13 so she's the more emotional one when she was younger so I'm saying she did just flat out she did
6: I'll let him have that one I'll let him have that one but I feel like there were different times because we were young and always like liking each other, not liking each other. Like there would be times where like he was feeling me and I was like, nah, bro, not right now.
0: <laughs> <Man>. And <laughs> vice versa, vice versa. Don't vice versa. Too.
6: Yes. Vice versa.
1: Was it really vice versa? I really want to know. I don't know. But understand saying I love you. Is not always a very easy task, and it takes time for some of us to really, really say it and feel like it's appropriate to say. So listen to Tim and Julie's um, "I Love You" story.
5: I did. it was
1: on, yeah.
4: I I was contemplating like we had been together for like a year and a half. Have
6: we? Yeah. Oh no, yeah.
4: Yeah, really? I think so. Yeah, we're not we don't say that word a lot because it's really I'm I'm okay saying
5: I love you like like I love you like of course
4: yeah I I I came from a family
5: that we just didn't say that a lot like it just wasn't you know there was tons of love in my family like they they're very caring you know they'd kill for each other kind of things but it just like wasn't something we did a lot so I guess it was a bit tougher for like me just to kind of like come out with that because it's just like something I wasn't really used to, or even something I even knew was that big of a deal
1: between saying, I love you. And I do, there has to be some amazing dates, right? So, or some dates that really mean the world to you it doesn't have to be much. It doesn't have to be, um, extremely romantic. It just means the world to you. Right. So let's listen to David Artavia's, um, personal, most, memorable dates.
6: I think for me it's probably one of the recent dates we had during this pandemic, uh, where like we took lights and like stringed it all over the room and kind of like made like a fort situation and like cook together and watch a movie. Um because I think like in this pandemic like it's made you have to be like creative and do different things because you're not able to just do the typical like go out to dinner and go see a movie. Um, so I think that's probably one of the most memorable dates for me, just because it was something different that we have never done before.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree with that. Quarantine has made you get creative. I think my most memorable date outside of that one would be the date we went on uh, like a few months before we got married. Like we like I made her get dressed up. She like got her hair done and uh, I had on like this this like velvet vest I got from Express or like a black button up.
1: I think I remember that velvet vest, by the way. And yes, he said velvet. He said velvet. In David's defense, I'm pretty sure he looked, you know, great in the velvet vest. And it was the time. It was the time. It was the year. Things have definitely changed.
0: Button up shirt. Yeah, right. <laughs> And we went to uh, we went to Las Campanas over there off a of, uh, mission, and you know that that for me is like we took pictures and we was like they parents her parents are like ooh where y'all going I was like I'm taking her to dinner so you know that was for sure my most memorable day outside of
1: that. One. COVID definitely has made us all more creative and more thankful of the moments and time that we get to share with one another and our loved ones. So listen to Francis and Dominique speak about their most memorable dates
3: i think my I, I guess not most memorable but most like that meant that meant a lot to me it was kind of recent i guess recent our last wedding anniversary we went to go eat and then we went to the beach um i think it was memorable for me because i kind of felt like not like we made it but more so like we were at a spot to where it's like we're comfortable I feel good. Like, I know that, like, you, my, like, partner, like, you're riding with me. We got this. Like, we're good. And I think that that was the most memorable.
2: Um, for me, it's hard to pinpoint just one, but probably going to uh, New York with each other without the kids because it was just, like, <clears throat> time for us. And we were, you know, trying to experience new things. And like, I'm, I've am i always been big on that, like, like appreciating experiences and appreciating like being able to share those experiences with each other more so than like, than like the specific things that we do. Like going to the beach could be like an everyday thing for some people. But for me, it's just like focusing on the time spent, you know, the conversation, just the the natural like bonding that takes place when you experiencing something new with somebody. So, um, you know, just most memorable day would probably be when we went to New York, just without the kids and having that time to just focus on each other and, you know, experience new things that we hadn't done together. So
1: sometimes we miss a a very beautiful and important moment because we're so concerned with the bigger picture. And sometimes we just have to let things kind of flow. So let's listen to uh, Tim and Julie talk about how their date or their dates normally go.
5: I think there's like some of my favorite like moments together, which is, I mean, I guess a lot of people would like call them dates or consider a date, but sometimes that's what I think of. Like, like we were sitting at the palace of Versailles, like just watching people rowboats, eating like macaroons and drinking champagne. Like, like de- it's so extravagant and ridiculous, but like, in the moment, it was just so simple. It was just, like, us sitting there watching... On a bench. East go by on a bench, like, eating dessert. Cookies. Like, um, like, stuff like that. Like, I guess it's, like, somebody asked, like, what's your best date? I think of individual, like, days Because when we have a date, we, it's not just, like, we go out to dinner. Like, we, like, the whole day, like, we go from, like, you know, having brunch to, like, getting on a plane and going somewhere to, like, you know, it, it's... It's it's hard to think,
1: I don't know. In every relationship there comes a time where you have to make a decision if that person is the one. Is it organic? Is there a checklist? Is it some prayer? Is what what do you do to find out if that person is the one? There is no correct answer. It's just per relationship, right? So listen to Dominique and Francis talk about how they knew each other. like, what's the actual like one, said, one
3: for after, them uh popping his DMs, like you say um I think that like we just was able to vibe like he, I didn't have to try to like vibe with him like to get him he just we just naturally got each other and like I knew when I didn't have to like be nothing or he didn't have to be nobody else like we just got each other and I knew that he was the one because I I mean like this is me and I knew who he was and I just felt like we we got each other.
2: So for me, how did I know that she was the one? Um, I think I've been through a lot, like, in my life, a lot of ups and downs. And I think, like, if there's anything that stayed constant, it was probably her. So I probably can't pinpoint it to, like, one specific moment where I was like, oh, she the one. But more so, like, a collection of just, like, the journey man it's been a long time like we've been been rocking for a while and i just remember like it didn't matter like what i was going through what position i was in what situation i was in i never felt alone in it you know what i'm saying like i always felt like it didn't matter if i was winning you know making money progressing forward like none of that stuff changed um how I felt like, you know, she was there for me. So even in times when I wasn't making money, when I came out of, out, of, out of, when I finished college and I went, we moved to Arizona and, um, I'm training for the draft during a lockout season. So I'm not working. I'm trying to do this full time. I have no idea when the lockout is going to lift. So we talking, I think we moved out there in December. The lockout didn't lift until like late July. So all that time in between, I'm not working. And she was pretty much, you know, holding it down and allowing me to focus on the stuff that I needed to focus on. And that's that's really, you know, just one example.
1: This is Tim and Julie describing we were there that thing. Yeah, yeah, we are
2: like,
5: hanging out at this really crazy rich person's house. And it's the morning of the night, like, all our friends are off drunk somewhere. And we're just, like, pretty chill. And we just, like, went and sat on a couch and started talking. We we're just talking, out.
4: and this one guy comes that we were talking about astronomy and this one guy comes in and he thought we were talking about astrology and no, no offense to astrology, but it just, we were we like laughed and then we just ended up talking for like 15 hours. Yeah. Like it was so naturally like about like everything, like anything you could think of. Yeah. We like talked about.
5: It was like our, our, Shared reaction to that moment. I was like, oh, she gets me. Like, this is going to be good. <laughs> like,
1: sometimes you just know, right? You just know. It might just be one conversation.
5: Those, some of those first conversations where we, it was pretty quick, you know? It was just, just right away, um you know, that it was life was so much easier with her than without her. And, you know, you, you wake up every day and they're the first person you want to text. And, you go to bed every night and the last person you want to send a message to, you know, like before we're living together and just day after day, just like not getting tired of you.
4: Like Just like knowing that it's like, just, you're just comfortable that it's going to be okay. Yeah. You're going to figure it out.
5: Just, just thinking about like, Hey, we're moving to China together and not being scared about our relationship. Like no. we weren't even like, that was not the worry at all. Like it was just like the communism and the... <laughs> The, the, you know, the
4: language barrier the language, and <laughs>
5: the, language barrier, the cultural differences. Like, I wasn't worried for a moment that it, anything would happen, like with our relationship or anything.
1: This is David R. Uh, answering the same for question. For me,
6: like, always being comfortable with him because we have known each other a long time. I feel like we were friends first. Um, before we got to like that level of relationship, like an intimate relationship. So I think the level of comfortability, um, that I've always had with him, um, I think is what made me know he was the one was the fact that I was able to be comfortable with him and be a hundred percent myself with him.
0: Yeah. For me, bro, it, it, it was, it was when like, we weren't together. We were on like on and off. We were off. But I would be talking to other people about her and like, yeah, you know, I love her and like I can see myself with her. And it was like, bro, like you're talking to someone you're on a date with. And I was like, yeah, I know. But, you know, I'm just talking about her. And so for me, it was like when I found myself like thinking about her when I was out and we weren't even together, I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to. And I told that to someone I was I was on the, I was out somewhere and I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to marry an Artavia. Like, I feel like she hit. And it's like, we just ain't got there yet, but I feel like she did.
1: <laughs> Although on the surface, those answers all seem different. I think they all have one or two things in common. At the heart of that, all of it is that that person made you feel like you could be yourself. That you didn't have to put on an act or um, be different just for them to love you or like you. They made you feel comfortable and you knew that they were going to be there with you and for you no matter what. That's and that's how you should know. And with life, you know, before marriage, there's always some amazing memories you have to make. Because at the end of the day, that's what life is all about, making amazing memories. So before you get married, you would think that that's that's the that's all, what it's all about, having fun, getting to know each other before the I do's. So listen to Tim and Julie's fondest memory before marriage.
5: It's more like a, a trip. Um, Julie came with my family and some of my extended family to to Costa Rica. And we were like all stuck in a house together, you know, for like, was, like 10, days. 10 days or something. But just it was my favorite moment. Just kind of like leaving that more confident about a relationship than when I had entered.
4: That was only nine months after knowing you too. So yeah. that was like we weren't even together a year.
5: Yeah. And just like having that whole trip and like. You know, there weren't any problems or disagreements, like, with us or, like, I mean, there was always, always little disagreements, like, where we want to eat for dinner or whatever. But, like, you know, um, she just vibed so well with me and my whole family while we're, like, in another country that, you know, she's never been to and with some of my, like, crazy uncles and stuff that are just, you know, zany. But uh, that was like, kind of one of my favorite moments, just, like, kind of, like, sitting on beach and you know just look at the ocean and we had like two for one drinks or something and but just like being there and just kind of like realizing like hey you know no I love Julie and I'm just so happy that she like meshes with with my people and my family and you know just just knowing that that you know won't really be a problem was was really cool for me
4: yeah, Costa
5: Rica was really
1: fun. Yeah, ten days in Costa Rica with your family and your girlfriend, and you have the crazy uncles that are always going to somehow try to embarrass you. So imagine that, right? So listen to Dominic and Francis talk about some of their fondest memories before marriage.
2: For me, it's probably it's more of a a fun one. I mean, I can look at like being there for graduation and like all of those big moments, um, you know, before we got married. But, like, for me, it was probably the night I was playing at Cal Poly and I broke the school record for, uh, I think it was catches, yards, and touchdowns in a single game. If y'all want the exact numbers, I think I had 13 (laughs) for 273 and five touchdowns. So, but um, (laughs) – Be, having her there, like in the stands watching the game. Um, like for me, I was proud because I was like, man, like she had been watching me since I was oh, 16, 15, 16, high road I was, you know, run up and down the field and like really like hardly missed a moment, you know what I'm saying? And to have, you know, that constant, you know, still be there and experience that moment with me because that's something that I, I felt good about that. Like that was special. Like everybody, you know, who's in college, majority of us, we go on and we graduate like that's just that is part of like the natural progression of like doing the right things. But it's not, you know, every day that somebody, you know, an athlete breaks a school record or does something special or something like that. So like for me, um, being able to accomplish that and then having her there in that moment. And then also like having her there to take care of me that night. Cause my whole body like locked up. I was cramping like crazy, but like just the whole experience of it was probably like one of my fondest moments or fondest memories before we got married. Just, just because it was like, it, it again speaks to like, just those experiences that we shared together, you know, stuff that, you know, could have been alone or whatever. Um, you know, the constant still remain that we were still, you know, they're together. So that's mine.
3: I think that's good. I, I, I agree with that. Cause I did look forward to his games. Like it, it was a big thing. You know, I, I used to work and go to school too. And, uh, my boss used to have me off. Remember Nikki used to have me off every Friday or Saturday for the game. And, uh, I was like excited. Like it was a big thing. I, I was excited because I wanted to watch. I just couldn't wait to watch him play. And I think like, I. I
1: Really do like those moments, or like those moments, because
0: it was fun. This is Devin Artavia. Ooh, fondest <laughs> memory. I'm I'm gonna say like the times when like I would just I would go to her house and it would be like me, her, her parents, and her sister, and we would just like watch movies. Like Sunday after church, we would just go. And just watch movies, maybe like stopping and get something to eat. But like those memories to me were like, you know, just us chilling. There wasn't like no pressure involved. It wasn't like we trying to, you know, we were just chilling. Like we was legit just friends. So for me, like those are fond memories for sure. Like just chilling.
6: Yeah, I think for me, mine is when it was Thursday night and I would just go over to his house so we could watch Grey's Anatomy.
0: That's the show.
6: <laughs> um, because like he was saying, I feel like those are the times where like we weren't worried about like, oh, how does she feel about me? How is he feeling about me? Like there weren't really like emotions involved. Like we were just hanging out as friends. So there wasn't any like, you know, extras on it. Like we were just
1: chilling. David's been telling me about Grey's Anatomy for like a decade. And truth be told, David, if you're listening, I've never watched it. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I keep telling myself to, to go watch it, but I'm like way behind at this point. And I don't think I have it in me to invest the time necessary to become a Grey's Anatomy fan. But, you know, for all the greatest Grey's Anatomy fans out there, keep doing you keep watching so as you know obstacles are going to happen Tim and Julie spoke about China and being able to overcome it with without really much of no problem cuz they trust each other and knew they could do it now let's listen into the other couples talk about some of their obstacles
0: i think understanding trust and understanding how trust communication and real intimacy all fit together because um we were young when we got married and uh if I'm just being honest we and we both talked about this before like something like like we felt like we kind of rushed into a little too fast and so for me like just taking responsibility it was I didn't really understand how trust and having that open honest communication really builds real intimacy and our intimacy is not you know what goes on strictly in the bedroom it's you know being honest with that person is sometimes telling that person things they may not want to hear telling that person the truth. And so for me, like that's been my biggest obstacle. And that's something that I have found myself um, having to learn to do and constantly uh, be ahead of the game on, like even listening to you and Roz's episode about how the first thing you said was you got to have honest communication, have real intimacy. For me, that's something I, I, I just didn't know. And so that's something that I'm building and I'm, I'm bringing down that obstacle, but that's definitely for me, like understanding how all three of those things form a bond.
6: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think the biggest obstacle um, was like us getting married young and like figuring everything out um, and just like learning each other on that level because, you know, we're two young kids coming into this situation and We I mean, we have different views of we grew up differently um, in different households um, and we've seen different stuff. So like trying to put that together and still make it our own um, and also trying to keep open communication. um, I think it was one of the biggest obstacles for us.
1: Bringing two family structures, two ideas, two perspectives together under one roof can be very difficult, but I'm a testament of that it's possible. And it's a wonderful thing when you get to do that. Now that was David and our Listen to Dominique and Francis.
2: Definitely like having children. Um, you know, it's it's hard enough as it is to be parents and like make that transition from like it being just the two of us. And then now we raising kids and then like to compound it we have a son who's on the spectrum so like it just you know complicates things a little bit more and i think that like we have probably like run into moments where communication has been an issue like not being able to to read the other person and see when they're you know overwhelmed or going through certain things and you know not being able to react in in those moments. Um is probably been like one of our biggest challenges. Um but I think that like the fact that that we know those things now. We we see those things. We've been able to like talk about those things. So we kind of know like what to look for. You know, there's we 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 read each other like so well in the moments where like I can see when she's having a bad day. She can see when I'm having a bad day. And we try and, like, do what we can to, to pick each other up and, you know, pick up some of the slack in other areas just to try and make it easy on one another. But I think that, you know, kids have probably been, um, like, the biggest obstacle. Not, like, having them is a bad thing, but being able to manage that transition from, like, being able to focus solely on one another to having to focus now on an entire family and, you know, your responsibilities of just, like, everyday living.
3: Yeah, definitely make a time for each other. That's that's one of them. I think that's huge. I think just make it, a it time for one another like that. It's hard because, like he said, you know, we don't have – it's not just us anymore. It's, you know, now we have children. Not Like you said, I'm not, not saying that having children is bad. It's just, you know, you have to uh, change do definitely uh, time management because, you know, since it's not just us anymore – we have to make, figure out when and when we are going to get that date, you know, when we are going to get time together because
1: man, these kids. Whew. So listen to Dominique and Francis, um, speak about how children can kind of change the way your relationship is going. And because it's in the beginning, it's just you too. That's all you worry about. And to the couples, Dominique and Francis and David and Artebe, both our parents and they're amazing parents. And my follow up question to that was, so what what has the real effect on your marriage been having children and listen to Dominic and Francis answer that
2: like we talked about the obstacles, like the hard parts of having the kids, but I think like like how the kids have affected our marriage. I think it's really made us like stronger as a unit because of the challenges like it's the kid- your kids ain't really something you could just give up on and be like nah he's tripping like nah he he gotta go like. You can't you can't do that with your kids. Like your car, yeah, you, your car tripping, you go get your new one, something like that. Like most other things in life, you can just if something ain't working, something tripping, you get rid of it, you go get a new one, whatever, whatever. With your kids, it's like when something ain't going right, or when when tripping, like you got to grind through it. So it's like like being in in the the depths of those moments, like like man, he is really tripping today, like. Almost to the point where, like, we can look at each other and just laugh about it. Like, man, he really tripping. But what we gonna do? Like, this boy done flooded the bathroom. What we gonna do? Like, you just anything. Like anything. Like just just having that understanding of like, you know, stuff happens all the time, and um, trying to like slow down in those moments and really just be like, it ain't the end of the world. Like, we still here. You know what I'm saying? We can correct this. We can fix this. Blah blah blah. Um, And I think that having kids have like almost forced us to do that with one another, because when, when you got two grownups, like obviously we know each other well. We've been doing this long enough to know the ins and outs about what each other like and don't like and stuff like that. But kids will surprise you every day, man. Like you, they it's just always something you think you got them figured out and then they flip the flip the script on you and do something different. So keeping us on our toes and really keeping us like like locked in on like just basically how how to do better every day, like how to be a better dad, how to be a better mom, how to be better to one another every day. And then almost like forcing forcing those conversations because if the boy, you know, flood the bathroom, like I said earlier, we got to talk about it. Like we got to see, you know what's wrong. Who gonna clean it up? We gonna go, probably. You know, we could both get in there and clean it up. But like, it ain't something that like just gonna be brushed over. Like, oh, the water gonna dry. Just leave it. Like, you can't really, you can't do nothing like that. So it almost forces us to to have those conversations and you know try to figure out ways to like we call it drew proof in the house because we gotta we gotta uh, you know set up the house in certain ways to to not you know allow him to do anything that you know puts himself at risk like slipping and bumping his head on the on the on the bathtub or the toilet or something because he likes to stand up and anything like little stuff like that so having to have those conversations and figure out like wh- what can we do to prevent this from happening next time and you know things like that have kind of like come from I think having having the kids because it's, it's making us have those conversations and almost in a way like just strengthening us as a as a unit
1: and this is David Artavia.
0: I feel like you have to adjust your time. Like um, all your time can't just be given to your spouse or to your hobbies. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when you got a kid in situation now, it's okay. We got to work together. We got to plan everything. And for us, that happened kind of quick because we had a child within the first year of our marriage. So, like, <laughs> we got married and it was like, you know... the within the first year we had to figure out like, okay, this is how we need to work that. And just making those, those minor adjustments, but, but also continuing to make time for ourselves, like, you know, continuing to have our date nights, like not neglecting ourselves for the sake of our children, but at the same time, not neglecting them, making sure they get everything they need from us and really setting an example. Like (laughs) when you have somebody watching all the time, it makes you go, okay, maybe we, I need to watch how I say this or where I go or how I speak because there's somebody watching me and I want them to understand what a healthy relationship between a husband and a wife looks like. So those are definitely my, my two biggest ones for sure.
6: Yeah. I think for me, um, probably balancing between like having a husband and having kids. Um, because I think definitely when we first started out and we had our first kid, you know, he would always be like feeling like he was put on the the back burner, like I was showing <laughs> more attention um, to our son. And I can say I feel like in the beginning, that's probably something that I did. I mean, it was my first kid. I was like, oh, my God, like, you know, you'll never have a love like this. Like this is your child. So I think definitely finding the the balance of loving your spouse and putting them first, but also making sure that you're showing that attention to your children as well.
1: Trying to balance your kids and your spouse is very delicate. Making sure you're giving the attention needed for your children and making sure you're saving time for each other. That's extremely important. And that's a a, a juggling act, but something that's possible. Because at the same time you have to be a wonderful parent and you also have to be wonderful to each other. But with that being said, is there any secret to an amazing? Mary,
5: there's no secret.
4: (laughs) I mean, for us, it's like communication. Yeah, I know. I mean,
5: there's, there's definitely, I don't know. For me, it's just like you either or you don't, you know? And like, if you're with that person that you're not supposed to be with, like, no matter what amount of vice or secrets you find on the internet, like, it's not going to matter, you know, like you work or you don't, but like the things that work for us. No, our, our communication. Yeah.
4: And, and we talk all the time. Like we, we're literally with each other 24 hours a day. Cause we're both working from home right now. Yeah. Like
5: quarantine. But
4: there's so many things that I'm like, I need to tell you this. Like this happened on the news. Or, I think that also works for us is that we have so much in common. Yeah. Yeah. So does help. like when it, when it comes to like big things, like moral ethical things, mm-hmm. we, we are on the same page about, those, yeah. those big life
5: well it's just like if you're devoutly against racism and you're like married to or dating a racist guy how's that like it's never out? gonna work it's just like it's something that's just so deep and defining and something you know people feel so passionate about it's just like like how i, I don't know yeah it's just like those core values yeah like those we're talking core about values
4: it, they have to be you have to be on the same page about those core values what also i think helps us is that
5: social issues and political issues and And whatever also
4: financial financial yes that's really important too is like we're really like data and math people so we sit down like at least once a month sometimes like multiple times a month and we go over like every single account on spreadsheets and we do like financial projections of what do we want our savings account to look like what are our big spending purchases that the Um, that we like see coming in Mm -hmm. the next few months like right at the beginning of the year we went over a year plan of what are we buying this year what are our goals for this year like financially and personally and
5: yeah when it's just like help me help you you know it's like we've used our relationship as like a, a chance to be able to kind of spring each other forward and to lean on each other when that other person needs it and you know like when you find that like relationship where that is just true, like that you make that other person better and they make you better, like things, things get things are, they're not, I mean, nothing's like crazy, super easy, but like it just, it's so helpful, you know, when you're, when you're just on the same page about like such core things and you, you, you know, pretty much will do anything to help that other person. Um, you know, succeed and you know, when they succeed, you succeed, and when you succeed, they succeed, and you know, it's just it's a it's a team effort.
4: Totally. Yeah, yeah. it's just about being a, a
5: good team. Yeah, definitely. Be a good team.
1: Although Tim said there was no secret, it's clear that the biggest secret is being a good team. So listen to Artavia and David answer the same question.
6: I think communication is key. Um, I think that is like one of my main things, like you have to learn how to communicate because for me, like I'm not a very talkative person. Um, so sometimes I have to like push myself to like communicate because it's like, you can't expect your spouse to know something or act a certain way. If you're not communicating what you need or what you want, or just, day-to-day life, if you guys aren't communicating is going to make your relationship a lot more difficult. Um, so I think definitely communication is a main thing. Um, and I also highly recommend counseling, um, as part of a relationship because I feel like it allows there to be a third person or like a mediator that is able to sometimes communicate between the two of you, the way that you can't necessarily, um, communicate with each other. Um, And I also say um, making your marriage your own. Because I think sometimes a lot of people are like, my grandparents have been married forever, my parents this, but it's like, you have to make your marriage your own. Like you can't just, it's good to have role models and say, you know, like, I love their love. I love the way they love one another. But at the end of the day, like you have to make your marriage your own. And you have to make sure that you're doing what each other needs and not just saying, okay, I want that. So I'm going to do exactly what they did, because what they did may not work for you and your spouse house so
0: yeah that's yeah. actually really good that last one um i think the i think for me the number one secret is forgiveness and i say that because um whether it's like a small offense or the biggest one you can think of you're going to need to forgive in order to move on like hey you know what i didn't do that the way you wanted. i'm sorry it's cool don't worry about it we can work together on that communicate about how to make that better and move on. So like being able to truly genuinely forgive is, is huge for marriage. And I also think that adapting to how your spouse changes. I feel like when a lot of people get married, they marry someone and they're like, okay, they're going to be this way. They're going to think this way. They're going to look this way. They're going to act this way forever. And it's like, something could happen, you know, the loss of a family member, you know, tra- trauma in the marriage, like anything can happen. And that person can change how they view the world, how they see XYZ, and so like for me and her, it's just been me adapting to who she has become and loving her the same way, Eight almost eight years into our marriage, as I did year number one, when she has changed, she sees things differently, she acts differently, she feels differently. So I think being able to adapt to how your spouse changes and loving them still the same and working through that, I think is is huge.
1: I think Artavia said something really amazing, the idea that you have to make your Marriage your own and make it work for you. You can't do what everyone else has done or what your parents might have done because different time, different person. It it doesn't work for everyone. It's not a one size fits fits all. And communication, right? So working together and loving each other. Some really good stuff. Now let's listen to Dominic and Francis. Um,
3: I think communication. I uh communication for sure uh, because, like you said earlier, like, I don't know, sometimes we don't know how he's feeling, or I don't know how he's feeling, he don't know how I'm feeling, you know, um, and we have to talk about those things for us to have, to, just to be successful, and, like, having kids, too, they understand, like, they know energy, they know, they see us, and we always figure out, okay, well, what can we do to make this better, um, or make our, the situation, whatever it may be, uh, better, So I definitely think communication. And also I say forgiveness. No, when I say forgiveness, I'm not talking about cheating and all of that. I'm just saying when I say forgiveness, it could be like, oh, he could have had a a bad day and he snapped, which he never does. He doesn't really snap. But like, like, say like, you know, he don't or he says something or, you know, something that probably could have hurt my feelings and it wasn't intended like that. So for me, I have to understand that that's not he didn't come from a place to try and hurt me. It was more so that's what that's the emotion that he was feeling. So me, I have to forgive him for that. And it could be the other way around. I do snap, you know, so I do know that, you know, forgiveness, you know, in order for this to work, you know, yeah, that may facts. not be who i be at that time. But, you know, you have to forgive me for, for acting that way because, you know, a situation, whatever it may have been. But I definitely think communication. Forgive
2: yeah, I think just to kind of piggyback. I agree 100%. Um just to kind of piggyback and tack on to that like I think the secret is um just having that will to fight for one another. Like I think especially in today's day and age like social media controls a lot of people. It controls a lot of relationships. It controls a lot and like that's something that you know our parents didn't really have to deal with that they was about each other like you know and and even their parents like it's different we living in different times now where like we turn on the tv and and we see like men and women celebrities like glamorize like this is how how life is supposed to be um but I think like being realistic about your individual situation and being, you know, ultimately happy in your situation is really important. Like, I always think to um, Love Yours by J. Cole, because he talks he talks about, like, how it's always going to be something bigger and better out there. Like, the car you driving, it's always going to be one better. It's always going to be a bigger house. Like, it's always going to be, you know, a chick or a dude that look better than what you got. But, like, it's not about like the the image you know what i'm saying it's about how you feel about the things you have and being being confident and comfortable you know with 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 your individual situation and i think that that's huge when it comes to like being successful in marriage because that grass you know it's always going to look greener on the other side like you you know that's that's a battle that you're going to fight on a daily basis but i think you if you have that will to fight for one another and, like, really not be afraid to dig deep and understand, like, like how your partner is feeling, how your partner is thinking, how does your partner communicate? Like, I feel like you have to be invested in in understanding and learning those things and not be so quick to just, this ain't working for me. I got to get out of here. Like, you know, run out and try and find the next best thing. Um, you know, I, I think that that's probably you know, in my opinion, the key to being successful in marriage, just understanding that like you ain't going to be perfect, but that don't mean, you know, you can't fight as hard as you can to be as close to, you know, perfection as you can. So that's my opinion.
1: Love yours, right? Communication, forgiveness, being compatible, making sure you marry someone that is actually a friend, right? And that you can see yourself past the physical side that you see yourself as people who come together to better each other and enjoy each other company. Right. So I asked what was their definition of love? And here's one that I received that I did not expect to even get, but Hey, it was from a science teacher.
4: Oh, I'm such like a, a realist. Like when I think of love, I think of like this feedback loop of hormones like oxytocin and dopamine, but that's not. We're
5: both science teachers. (laughs) I know. So
4: like, I I literally think about that. And I think about like, you actually kind of become chemically dependent upon that person for serotonin and then the attachment hormone of oxytocin. It makes you, it's, it's true, but it's.
1: Dopamines and stuff like that. Right. So a love high. She has a point there. But listen to the rest of it.
4: But then if you think about like what love is not from a scientific standpoint, it's just you would do anything for that person because you care for them. And you do the things because you care for them, not expecting anything back.
3: Yeah.
4: Because you just want to help them. You yeah. want to be there. You want to support them and you want them to be successful.
5: It's like doing the dishes for the seventh time in a row, even though, you know, it's their turn and not being too mad about it. Um, but I don't know, that's, For me, it's just like,
4: <laughs> that's true. I'm, I'm bad yeah. at doing the dishes. <laughs> but
5: For me, it's like, you know, it's sometimes going to bed a little mad, but like waking up every morning, still happy that they're there and waking up, every day like not being sick of being around you like we've literally been like in a house stuck together for like 10 months now and I'm like I'm still not bad about seeing you every day like um yeah I, I'm not I'm like I'm happy to wake up and I'm happy to see that you're there every single day and to me like I learned a lot about love just from like our, our traveling like we we were thrown into a lot of really messed up situations like
4: really stressful like, really
5: really stressful situations.
4: Like, situations where we might be deported because we're not we don't have the paperwork to get our visas like straightened out and
5: yeah like just those, really stressful like being in those like kind of like those up the creek without a paddle situations and being freaked out about that situation but not being freaked out that you're gonna like lose your relationship like like to me those were the moments where I just like really truly I like, kind of understood what love was when we like, yeah, like you said, we're, like, just getting at risk of getting thrown out of the country, and, you know, it wasn't my worry that we were going to get thrown out of a country. It was my, it, you know, it was my worry that we are going to be thrown out of a country. It was not my worry that we'd be split up or separated or severed because of the government thought something like, you know, just in that moment, knowing that I wasn't worried. I mean, like, I, I mean, I worry about losing you. Like, I worry about you, something happening to you. I worry about you dying, but I, I don't worry that
4: I'm um, okay. I'm not
5: done. <laughs> like, I don't worry. If, <laughs> I don't worry that I'm going to stop caring for you tomorrow. I don't worry that yeah. like you're going to stop caring for me tomorrow. Like, it's just like that, that thought and that knowledge that, that care is going to be there forever. You yeah. Know? And we're always going to care about each other. And like, to me, that's just like, kind of,
4: you can't like let the little annoyances like magnify. You have to talk about it. Yeah.
3: You have to say like, Hey, here's the deal.
1: Here's Francis Dominique
3: fighting, like, being willing to go to war for each other, like, have my back, like, you know, like, there's nobody else that can tell me about Dominique, like, you have to be able to go to war for me, like, you gotta, you know, love me, and I think that he does that for me, and I do that for him, and I think, like, us being able to, to do that for each other, it means a lot, and I think that's a, that's a part of what love means to me.
2: Yeah. Um, it is a lot. I mean, I think it's communication, it's trust, it's like, you know, that will to fight, like, like you just mentioned. Um, I think that when you start to like get into the, the, the deeper parts of it, um, I think that's when you really like you find out the the true definition of it. Like, like for me, it's hard to put into words, but I can, I can give you specific examples of times that told me what love is or showed me what love is, you know, it's being there for somebody when they maybe, you know, be in the dumps, don't even want to be there for themselves. You know, it's, it's being able to forgive somebody when you feel like they've cut you deeper than you've ever been cut before. Like, it's it's really just about i want to say almost in a sense of like getting uncomfortable with somebody or being like willing to be vulnerable with a person um you know even if you've never been vulnerable before like the the hardest dudes can turn into you know the biggest cupcakes because of love like the dudes who you would never expect women too women too I'm not speaking just to men but like people you would never expect to be able to care for another person like that. Um, you know, have those experiences with people that, that I think really define what love is. Like it's, it's really hard to put into words, but I would say just foundational is, is trust is, is communication. It's all the things that we've talked about, uh, you know, prior to this question, but then it's like having those experiences and those moments together that really like, prove everything like it's easy to tell somebody you love them like that word gets thrown around left and right all the time but what do you do when it's time to prove that you love somebody like you're gonna jump ship and get out of here because I lost my job or like you're gonna hold it down like what I need to do I pick up a second shift whatever like it's, it's moments like that to me that that show um, what love is. Because it's it's too easy, especially in today's day and age, you just got to hop on Facebook or something and find who flashing cash. Oh, I'm gonna hop in his inbox, whatever. Like, it's too easy to to jump ship and like, go to those greener, you know, pastures. But I think that like, when you have those experiences with one another, Um, I think those are like what really define what love is outside of like the traditional stuff that we've already talked about.
1: All fair and love and war, right? Here's Artavia and David. I
6: think love is obviously it's an action word. I don't think that you can just say you love someone, but they don't feel it. Um, So I think you definitely have to use love as an action word and not take it for granted because I think in marriage, sometimes I think, you just start to go with emotions and you forget to love your spouse and date your spouse, make them feel like they're important. So love for me is just being an action word and showing your spouse that you love them. Um, And I think it's unconditional. Like I think you can't just say, oh, I love you right now because you're doing everything that I want you to do. Um, So I think love definitely needs to be unconditional as well.
0: Man, that's one of the words I wrote down actually was was unconditional. I think like for both of us, like our faith is our foundation, like our faith in God. So whenever I hear that question, I go back to God is love. And then I relate that. to okay, how can I show that to my wife? I think it's I think it's consistency um, and providing security for your loved one. And that's one thing that I've been like stressing like the last couple of years is love is consistent. So like, no matter what she does, no matter how she feels, like, am I being consistent with her? Am I loving her the same? Am I giving her the same feeling of security? Um, and, and I feel like, you know, love does those things. Love sacrifices what one wants for themselves, the sacrifice itself in order to uh, provide those things for someone else. And so I think consistency, security, and she said action. Uh, so I feel like love is all those things like coming together and, and ultimately putting the needs of your spouse before yourself. Right. And it's not demeaning or degrading yourself, but it's saying, I think highly of you. And so I'm going to make sure that you have everything you need. And then when that's done in reverse, like like you get this almost not competition, but you get this to see, well, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of you. And then it just becomes this thing where you're both taking care of each other. And that's how needs are met when it's this unconditional, consistent type of love. So that's my definition.
1: Love is so many things, unconditional, scientific, a feeling, fighting for each other. But it seems like it's all kind of sums up to one thing, action. So with that being said, thank you for tuning in and stay tuned in for the Be Inspired moment. And thank you for the three couples that allowed me to interview. I want to use a quote from Dr. King. And he says this. He who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power to love. So without being able to forgive, without having the power to say, I forgive you, it's impossible to say I love you. So please understand that no one's ever going to be perfect. And yes, you're going to feel wrong. And yes, you're going to be angry. But there always comes a time for forgiveness. And forgiveness doesn't always look the same way. It may not be the way that you see on the movies or the way that people tell you you should forgive. Sometimes forgiveness is just being at peace with the very person who hurt you. Maybe it doesn't look like going back to what the relationship was before. But please understand forgiveness is a key part in I love you. So I want to close quickly by saying this. Enjoy your Valentine's Day, but don't forget to continue to love each other every day. Don't stop. Don't allow problems, arguments, disagreements to prevent you from loving. And please remember, forgive each other. And with that being said, there's no bad days, only bad moments. You decide. So decide to have a good one. God bless.
0: Yeah, let's go. Uh, Yeah, yeah came a long way. That's what the song said. And I could do all things. I could do all things. Yeah, I could do all things. Yeah, yeah, we came a long way.
1: That's what the song said.